You're listening to the Over a Drink podcast, the podcast dedicated to normalizing normal men talking about normal things, putting purpose to pain, turning men into soldiers, and weaponizing testimonies. I'm Mitch Parsons, and I am your host. Week seven of Over a Drink podcast. We are on episode seven, and it is flying by. This is so fun. I, I've i mentioned it before. Uh, the timing of these things are a little bit wonky because I'm having a baby in two months, and I don't want to record these when I'm holding my baby. And so I'm getting as many done as I can between now and then, and then backlogging them. So today is August 30th. Y'all will probably get this sometime in September. But um, keep that in mind if we start talking about stuff that is just not relevant to today. But one thing that is relevant is Starbucks is currently out of cold brew, which is honestly, I was thinking about this on the way in. What would happen if Starbucks shut down? I think that today's guest would probably lose his mind. I think I've seen him drink more Starbucks than I've brought him more Starbucks than I have brought for myself. Um, we are in his office today. So instead of me making coffee, we stopped. I stopped and got some. Uh, I'm at Tyler Roberts's uh, Robert. Wow, Tyler Roberts' office. Uh, he is a really good friend of mine. He's a he's like family. Uh, he is. He works with my wife. My wife. He's the leader of my wife's team. Uh, he is just. He changed my garbage disposal when I bought a house and didn't know how to do that. Uh, he just offered to teach me how to put in a car seat, and so. He's a jack of all trades. Uh, he can sing. Master of none. Master of n- no. I disagree with that. Uh, and so, Tyler, hi. What's up, bro? How are you, man? Oh my goodness, um, I'm great. I'm admiring your office. Uh, I've been in here lots of times, but I've never actually sat in. You used to have a a, a big Titans jersey. Oh, it's right behind you, bro. Uh, Eddie George, favorite player of all time. Yeah, uh, the Titan. What, Eddie George versus Derrick Henry. Oof. Uh, Eddie George has a, like a real place in my heart because, you know, when I was a child, he was in his prime. Yeah. But let's be real. Derrick Henry could take him. He's twice the man that Eddie George was physically. Have you seen the pictures of him standing against his offensive lineman? And yes. he's the same size as them? Yes, he's a tank, bro. He's 6'4", 250 pounds, and runs a 4'4", four, 4'4". Four, four, and completely lean. It's stupid. I know. I... He reminds me a lot of myself, actually. I know. Well, the, um, he doesn't Whitney remind me of anything of myself, and I, and I, <laughs> I, I, I look at him. And I'm like, that's why you're not in the NFL, right there. That is not how. <laughs> so, so you have. Hang on, real quick. You got to back off the Starbucks train, okay? Because I love Starbucks. They have an app, and the more I go, the more free coffee I get, bro. And you go a lot. All these, you know, all these specialty boutique coffee shops. Yeah. I'm here for them. It's good. Sometimes, but they don't have an app. I, I don't know what to do with that. And they don't have a drive-through. Exactly. You have to like go and sit there. I ain't got time for that. But the thing is, I can mobile I mean, order. The thing is, okay, <laughs> you you go to those shops for the aesthetic and for the work. Like I'm, a, I'm a Starbucks. Some of the lobbies are like I could do some work here. These are kind of like cozy, but a lot of them feel sterile and they feel like there's one every corner. Whereas like the True. the little 
like mom and pop coffee shops, they have a fireplace and a big comfy chair and I can bring my book. And I'm with you. Just, I'll tell you what, you would just enjoy those coffee shops because you're about to have a baby. You won't have time for those places anyways. <laughs> no, the thing is I'm going to bring my baby with me and she's going to be a craft. We're going to get... For the uh, first two years. Yeah, we're going to get little steamers, whatever they're called. <laughs> Vanilla steamers, Vanilla bro. steamers. Hey, that's actually what introduced me. That was like my gateway to Starbucks. The gateway. Because all my friends, yeah, Brene and Jerrica and all them, they, they wanted... They wanted Starbucks all the time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I just wanted to fit in. So I started with the vanilla steamer, bro. So you're a grown man ordering a vanilla steamer. The barista oh, yeah. barista brings it up to the window and there's like looking around for the kid yep. in the back seat and it's just you. Yep. And then I, I, I slowly morphed into like this coffee phase. Um, uh, I remember Jerick and Brene, actually, they both like they made one for me. And I'm pretty certain. It was just like diabetes in a cup. That's what it was, to be honest, because it was so sugary and everything. But now, bro, it's just it's real, real simple. Well, you you ordered a cold brew, and they told me there was none, and so now you have an iced coffee. It's fine. It's similar. It's less fine. Caffeine. But you don't go to Starbucks to sit down and read a book. You go to you go to Starbucks to have the cup, and you walk around with it. That's why you go to Starbucks. I go for. to Starbucks for the caffeine. I literally I walk in and say, "Mess me up." I need all the caffeine. What's the most caffeinated drink that you have? I'm currently drinking uh, six shots of espresso Holy. over ice with some oat milk. <laughs> Bro, you're just gear- gearing up for uh, for the baby. <laughs> well, gearing up for the baby. And honestly, if you've ever done an internship or any kind of like long work hours, you realize that the Holy Spirit is only... Not only. <laughs> the best way to encounter the Holy Spirit is through caffeine. And that is a joke. Hear me if you are. <laughs> Hear me. I am so kidding. I do not endorse that. I, <laughs> Tyler Roberts does not endorse this message. <laughs> uh, no. 2024. Yeah. Uh, is that when the next election is? Oh, uh, dude, don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you have pictures of your family all over the place. Tell me about mm. them. Okay, well, I've been married for 12 years, bro. Wow. 12 years to my When did wife, you get Whitney. married? At what age? I was 20. Whitney wow. was 18. Okay, so um, uh, real talk, we got married in small town Indiana. Yeah. People get married younger there yeah. than they do here in Denver. I always say that. I don't know why. I just feel like I have to balance it. But it was the best decision of my life. Whitney and I, I, was, I had just started college. Whitney was a junior in high school. We met, fell in love right away. Um, we're by each other's side all the time, all the time, all through her senior year. Uh, Easter of her senior year, I was like, I'm not waiting anymore. This is so stupid. I don't really care. I'm going to propose. So I did. I proposed to her uh, right before Easter so she could wear her ring Easter I, Sunday. Yeah. It's a big thing, yeah. you know, at church. Yeah. And so anyways, um, she graduated. So that was like early April. <laughs> she graduated high school in May, and then we were supposed to get married. <laughs> we were supposed to get married um, d- over Christmas break coming up, right? Yeah. And so, great, that sounds fine, whatever. She was going to start school in the fall and join me at um, college there. And um, <laughs> we, were, we went on a trip to Branson, Missouri, straight up. You want to be real? I'll be real. We went on a trip to Branson, Missouri with her family. She had a bikini on, and I just was like, <laughs> I want to be with you now. Like straight up. So we fought real hard about it because obviously we didn't do that. We're good Christian people, you know? So then fine, whatever. So I called my pastor. I said, hey, Pastor Randy, what do you think? Can we move this thing up? Like, you know, what about in six weeks? What about like, what are you doing in 60 minutes? I'm not kidding, bro. We literally, we moved the wedding up 
because that was that was uh, early July, maybe. No, sorry, it was late June. We moved the wedding up to August eighth. So we planned a wedding in six weeks. Got married. It was the best thing we ever did. Uh, been married been married now for twelve years. And uh, got two kids: Camden, who's about to turn eight, and Nash, who's about to turn five. Wow. So, hey, when you know what you want, you just got to go get it. Yeah. Because really, the truth is, I didn't want her to, like, realize realize that that she could do so much better. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get that. Jess and I, uh, we were engaged for, we dated for a little over three and a half months uh, before I proposed to her. And then we had to wait a while because I proposed to her in October. She didn't want a winter wedding. She wanted a summer wedding. So dude. And I remember that. I remember the whole season of life is with, uh, who is Mitch and who is he again? What's happening. And you were so persistent, bro. <laughs> like your game was so good. I put was me to shame is what it was. Well, I, maybe, but let's you, call it persistence. Is, you, <laughs> the thing is, is when you know what you want, like you, you go said. get it. Well, and, and I, I similar to you, I, didn't I didn't want I, I I knew that I was gonna marry her before she knew that she was mm-hmm. gonna marry me. Like I I the first coffee date that she had with me, I she agreed to go on with me. I called my mentor. I was like, hey, uh, the girl that I'm gonna marry just agreed to go to coffee with me. And then two years later, after the longest pursuit of my life, she <laughs> she became my wife. But um, yeah, so you're a football coach about to be. Well, we'll see. They, we'll see how long they'll have me. <laughs> You're coaching uh, Cam's. Cam's Little Cam's League flag Little football, League. yeah, seven and eight-year-olds. Uh, I'm pretty certain that our first practice is supposed to be today, <laughs> but I have not emailed the parents yet, so um, it's not going to happen. So we'll just see how long they'll have me. No, I was super stoked to do it. It was one of those things where I go to Cam's games every year, every yeah. season, and I'm that I'm that obnoxious parent that's like pacing up and down the sidelines and – I know exactly what's happening, and I'm yelling at Cam like, "Take the angle, take the angle!" You know, um, don't leave your feet. At your seven year old. Yeah, even when he was like four and five, I was doing that. So, anyways, um, last year they were, you know, he played and it was cool, but they just the, the kids had no idea what they were doing. Not even the slide; they didn't even know where to line up. And I was like, you know what? I won't, maybe we won't win anything. But the kids will know where to stand and when to They'll run. They'll learn football. They will know where to line up. Yeah. So um, that got me into this whole thing. And so we'll see. We'll see. We, our first practice is sometime this week, bro. <laughs> <laughs> sometime to be determined. TBD. Um, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, so we talked a little bit about this beforehand. Uh, testimony is mm-hmm. it's a weapon. It's super. It's been super cool to see how God has been working through this little podcast. Um, and I, what gets left out gets left out. What sure. you include, uh, you include, we prayed before this to just throw it up to the Holy spirit that whatever comes comes. And, uh, I want to give you a chance to share your story, uh, starting from when you deem fit going until you decide when. Yeah, um, man. So table is yours. I will do my best not to interject. If you have, if I have Please questions, do. I will interject. Um, I will try to find a good spot to interject. Yeah, um, I'm working on that. I'm. A, I I have thoughts a lot of times. So no, I love it. Well, dude, super stoked and honored to be with you today. Thank you for doing this, and I love what you're doing. Um, I think this idea, like normalizing guys normalizing guys real fears and real lives is like is just really important um as a dude 
I can tell you that that is something I've struggled with for a long, long time. Just being real, being open, fighting this fear or this, um, this pressure to be something that's like perfect and got it all together and has the answers and has no issues and works really hard, has the perfect family. It just, it's impossible to do all that, but that's the pressure that I sit in well, all the time. Also are in a position where not only are you on leadership of a, a massive church, but you're in a leadership position that is on stage uh, and being broadcasted to what um, like what they say at every Sunday. I should know this, but like hundreds of countries yeah, and hundreds countries. of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And so there is a pressure to in the world that we live in in social media to maintain this idea of like Pastor Tyler. Yeah. Like, uh, but off the stage is different. Like you're a whole, you're not a whole, you're not a completely different person. Sure. You're the same person on it, but like, it's a different set of pressures. Uh, it's just a different, yeah, it's a different, uh, different life. Yeah. The truth is, man, I'm still like a 14 year old kid, <laughs> immature, trying to just please everybody and have someone tell me I'm doing a good job. That's kind of how I am. Um, even at 32, and I've, and I've been trying to figure that out, but that's just who I am. So maybe hundreds of thousands of people will listen or something. That would be great. Um, and I hope that the Lord will use that to bless them and, and draw those people closer to him. But at the, at the, at the root of it, I'm just still like that 14 year old kid. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. doing what I love and just, uh, also a kid who, who just has really seen the faithfulness of God. Um, you know, so into my kind of into my testimony a little bit, um, Grew up Christian home, super thankful for them. My mom, my dad, my grandparents, everybody. Like they took me to church, and like that was a huge, huge part of my upbringing. Like I remember my dad played drums at the church every Sunday. He was the best one, so that's why he got to play every Sunday. Um, small church too; they didn't have anybody else. But um, but he would be playing, so we'd show up. We'd go in on Saturday. He would tune the drums, whole nine yards. Okay, great. Then we'd go home, and then Sunday morning we'd be there for church, and it was like four hours long, you know. Yeah. Um, but I would be sitting. I never wanted to go to what we call Kids Rock at Red Rocks Church. I never wanted to go to Kids Rock. I, I never wanted to go to the kids' ministry. I always wanted to be with the big people, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would. I remember we had in the pews we had Bibles, and then we had pens, and I would take the Bible out, and I would turn around on the pew, and I would just play the drums. Like well, at least what I thought was the drums. Yeah. Um, I'd hit the hit the Bible over and over um, with my with my pen sticks. <laughs> um, so music's been something that's just been ingrained in me, especially church music, for a very very long time, as long as I can really remember. Fast forward a little bit, my dad always said like, "Hey, you're gonna play something. I don't. You can pick whatever you want, but you got to play something. You can play guitar, you can play keys, you can play drums, you can play whatever you want." but you're going to play something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. So I picked up the guitar um, around 10. I thought I'd be really cool on a guitar. It hurt my wrist so bad. My fingers hurt so bad. I was like, this is so stupid. I don't want nothing to do with this ever again. So I put it down for a couple years, um, actually two years to be exact. And then lo and behold, it really ticked my dad off. But lo and behold, um, lo and behold, uh, a mentor of mine, Todd Ballard, started 
coming to our church. He was just cool. He looked cool. He drove like a uh, a Trans Am, like a black one, you know, with like the T tops, the whole nine yards. Was, I just was like, I just want to be like that guy. He played electric guitar. He led worship from electric guitar. I just wanted to be like him. Him and my dad became great friends. Um, and so Todd needed a drummer to do studio sessions at his studio. So my dad would come over and they or go to the studio and they would, you know, record whatever. And I would just always want to go because I just wanted to be around Todd. I thought he was the coolest thing in the world. Picked up the guitar, got going. And it's crazy how it all kind of works out because then maybe like six months into that, maybe, maybe even less, to be honest. Um, my dad was diagnosed with oral cancer, just kind of out of the blue, out of nowhere. And then that started this like two or three year journey of my dad just being in and out of a hospital, in and out of chemo, radiation. Um, they took him to Vanderbilt. They were going to do surgery. They're going to remove his tongue, build him a new one out of his butt, the whole nine yards. Um, but opened him up and it was, he was, it was just too far gone. So they didn't do anything and like all this stuff. He, he couldn't talk. He was all swollen because of the way, uh, the wear where the cancer was and um and then the radiation it just like made him like really really um puffed up i guess his face was so anyways you just can talk so anyways throughout this season this this two or three year season that's when what got me through and i didn't realize it at the time was learning how to play guitar and i would lock myself away in my bedroom for two or three hours every single day and i would turn on whatever the newest christian thing was. So if it's Jeremy Camp or don't you laugh at me, bro, because Walk by Faith, and I still believe, I got a story about it, I still believe. I oh my gosh, I'll tell you that story in just a minute. Um, it'll make somebody cry, somebody. Um, but whatever it was, or uh, this Hillsong CD called Blessed, it was pink and purple, bro. And uh, I, I had no idea what I was doing. Nobody taught me. I didn't have any lessons or anything like that. Um, but I just... I just started playing guitar and figuring it out, learning by ear. It was the Holy Spirit teaching me. It was the Lord teaching me, no doubt. But what it was, was it was the Lord um, caring for and tending to and bringing peace and comforting me throughout what was just a really weird and unknown and unfortunate few years. Uh, when your dad is, when, when, you know, when all you want is your dad to tell you that he's proud of you, um, when that's all you really want, but he's in a hospital bed in his own room and cannot talk for months and months and months. It's a pretty lonely place, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't know it, but what I was running to was was Jesus through worship music. And and it's during that time that, like, I saw all kinds of, str- like, growth in my playing and growth in my musicality and growth in the whole thing. But it, what it was was the presence of the Lord just ministering to me. And so... Um, I'll tell you that I still believe song yeah, story it. because because you you gave me this like oh gosh but I'm gonna tell you well, I, I just expected you to just go Jesus tell me just how far the east is from the west I'm not even gonna no try. no no that's um, that's someone else that's casting crowds yeah yeah and they're amazing same, too for that's the that same same vibe same vibe but this one's different um, so my dad you know I told you he loved music mm-hmm. um, obviously I mean he couldn't play or do anything for a long time. Um, but then those like last, last probably six months of his life, he was just bedridden in his room, excuse me. Um, and, uh, 
nothing to do, you know, and just couldn't even talk. So anyways, I made him, I, I made him a mixtape. <laughs> I didn't know what this was at the time. Like I'm like literally 13 years old. Okay. But I did, I, I went on Napster and uh, LimeWire, whatever. And I just burned all these songs, bro. Um, but if one of them had FBI agent listening to this, please <laughs> forgive him. Give him grace. Oh, I also do not endorse this, <laughs> but, um, no, I did. And, but there was a song called, I still believe that Jeremy camp wrote. And, you know, he wrote that song because he got married, and then right after he had gotten married, his wife, like almost right after they got married, his wife got really, really sick also, and she wound up passing away. But he wrote this song, I still believe in your faithfulness. I still believe in your truth. Um, anyways, I just wanted my, da- my dad to hear that song. So that was like the one song that I put on there. I, p- I put a bunch of songs, but that was like the one, right? Yeah. That was the one. And so we'll see. Maybe my mom was lying to me all these years, and one day I hope I hope that that never ha- actually comes to be, but um, but she said like she was there the night my dad passed. She remembers it vividly, like the moment that he just you know he he kind of gave his last breath, and that happened to be the one song that was playing because I had it going twenty four seven in his room. Yeah. This and so, anyways, I don't know. There's something special about that, but I'm not sure why we're talking about it. But no. that that was special. I. I love that, and I and as I hadn't even thought of that song in a long time, and now I can hear it in my head. Uh, I still believe yeah. in your faithfulness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sing, I don't. I, but you should try. No, no, no. <laughs> Jess will try to get me to sing sometime. But the thing is, is, here's the thing: I'm not musical, but I'll sing in the car with like Jess or her mm-hmm. brother Jake, and a few times uh, they'll look at me and be like, "Mitch, that was really good. Do you know what you just did?" And I'm like. No. Like, oh. Could you do it again? I'm like, no, no chance. Or like I'll be singing out just Bro. jokingly out in the green room. And I think the interns do it to kiss my butt because they know that my wife is <laughs> Jess. And um, they're like, Mitch, that sounded so good. Like, I didn't know you could sing. And I'm like, I can't. And the fact that you're saying that, you're, you're losing credibility with me. I think that you should just go ahead and just give us a taste right now. No, I, <laughs> my allergies have been kicking my butt. Oh, I've, sure, allergies. I, I know that. Drainage. I know that. All the grossness. Gross. Yeah. Um, Guys, you can't see it, but he's literally leaking from his eyes right yeah, now. It's, it's greenery. green and gross. <laughs> and, uh, no, I, Tyler, thank you for sharing that. That's um, Yeah. It, it shows the, the like, his, like, I think... We joke about it now, but like in seasons, there's songs that like they hit, and like mm-hmm. like I joked about casting crowns and like how far the east is from the west. Yeah, and I remember so vividly in college one time I was sitting there writing a paper, just so frustrated, and that song came on, and I was weeping in my room to casting crowns, and I'm like, so thank you. For the Lord can that. use anything, man. Yeah. He definitely can, and those songs. Uh, you know they're older now, so we we have fun with them. But um, especially back in their day, it was like this was new, and, and this isn't was it crazy. Like the music that y'all put out is so different mm-hmm. than that stuff. It's and they're both worshipful, Absolutely. but it's just how music like is constantly evolving. And there's how many notes? How many notes like on a on a guitar? Like how uh, there or how many? chords there's five right six seven seven Mm -hmm. so somehow over the span of 20 years all this new music but the chords never changed yeah i think that that's just crazy to me that i don't know why that's so like it's such a a weird thing but i'm like it's not like there's new stuff coming out it's just the arranging of just it's just creativity bro i don't know the lord just you are well i don't know about all that (laughs) i don't know but but 
you know, so I went through this season and just fast forward so many years later, cause I could bore everybody with details after detail after detail, but my dad passed away. I was 14 years old. Um, had to become the man of the house. Um, had to grow up really fast. I didn't want anybody to give me any special treatment because my dad died. Um, I also wanted to be the good Christian, so I wanted to feel like I wanted to seem to everyone else that I had it all put together. So I always had a smile on my face. I always felt like I had to have the right thing to say. I never cried in front of anybody. I never looked weak in front of anybody because I I just didn't want anybody to think. I didn't, I didn't want any special treatment because of what I had gone through. Mm-hmm. Now, reality is I probably did get some, um, but it wasn't because I wanted it. I didn't want it. And so, anyways, go through the whole thing. The Lord's just been with me every step of the way, man. Like, got into college, everything completely paid for. Why? Not because I'm all that smart. It's just because the Lord just made a way through scholarships and some donors and some things that just made, it just worked out. I did not, I didn't, I didn't do anything except for it just worked out. Um, I got to be, uh, I became a worship leader at that same church and grew into that. Um, Got to be the worship leader. Like for the big church, yeah. uh, which is so funny. But, you know, I started out in youth ministry, yeah. and then moving into the big church was a big deal um, with the adults on Sunday morning. And then even so much as like they were like, hey, you know what? We want to keep you here, so we're actually going to create a job for you. They had never paid for a worship leader ever. Um, wow. And, but they were like, we want to keep you here, whatever. So I did that. Wow, thank you, Lord. Cool. And then I meet Whitney. And then I get a call from uh, my mentor, Todd, mm-hmm. who actually helped start Red Rocks Church. Okay, because that name sounded super uh-huh. familiar when you said that. I was like, mm-hmm. I, maybe you had told me it in, in, in passing or in story. But okay, so he, he did help start Red Rocks. Yes, he helped st- start Red Rocks Church, him and Scott Brugman. They met up with Sean and Chad and BZ um, so long ago. But uh, then... Fast forward a few more years into the church. The church is growing. It's really big. He's on leadership team. He's one of the directors. He needs some help because he can't do the worship and all that stuff. He can't do it all by himself. And so he's like, well, Tyler, you're probably pretty cheap. You're young and stupid, so we can get you. So surely. Um, so that's exactly what happened. We moved out here, Whitney and I did, a year and a half into it. And here we are 10 years later. So that was a very quick synopsis of my life. But the theme that has always ran through it is I don't deserve this. Um, I came here with absolutely nothing except for what you've given me. Um, it's all the faithfulness of God because so many times I can think of a handful of them right off, right off the top of my head where honestly, if it goes if it goes one degree left, I'm not sitting here today hmm. because I should have I should have gotten trouble. I should have screwed this up. Um, I actually almost tried to screw it up, um, but the Lord just like protected and yeah. and He. He covered me, and he he really did cover my butt. Um, sh- showed me mercy and his faithfulness, and still got me here today. Mm-hmm. So, um, been trying to. I'm bouncing all over the place, but no, I love it. Just uh, I I don't know what else to say other than that, man. It's all the faithfulness of God. When you grow up without a father, um, you don't know what that's like until you're an adult, and you have all kinds of things you got to like sort through and yeah figure out, you know, but when you get, you you just, you you just, when you grow up without a father, man, it's just like, you're not expected to succeed. Mm. You're really not. And you probably shouldn't, um, a lot of times, or it should be really, really hard. Um, but for me and my whole family, like we had checks coming out of nowhere into the mail and stuff like that to pay for groceries. My mom lost her job at the same time that my dad was, um, told he was diagnosed terminally ill the same time because he was, because, uh, at that time we were on my mom, my mom's 
health insurance through her employer. When they found out he was terminally ill, they didn't want to pay for it no more. And I'm not kidding, they fired her. That's exactly what happened. So at the time, so literally she lost her job, my dad can't work, and now we have all these bills. It's crazy. Jesus is gone. But, um... <laughs> I literally muted my... I'm not going to edit that out because I'm just, <laughs> I'm just pissed because I literally had my computer <laughs> muted and it went through my Do Not Disturb for some reason. Was it Jess? No. Okay. It was an unknown caller, so whoever's spamming me, screw you. <laughs> Only being real here. Yeah. And the thing is, is the fun part about this is I, I literally am like, we're just going to go and we're not going to do any. I, I, do, I compress it. I equalize it. I throw it out there. And now this is on there, and it's just annoying. That's annoying. I'm annoyed. <laughs> All right. Anyways, sorry, Tyler. <laughs> we will recover. We will prevail. Uh, no, bro. All good. Knocked down five times, stand up six. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. No. Just the faithfulness of God, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's evident in my life. And, and I'll tell you this. Because I've seen him be so faithful so many times when I know that I screwed up and I know that I shouldn't be where I am right now, um, that's what I go back to whenever I don't feel the Lord. That's what I go back to when I'm worried. That's what I go back to when I'm scared or when I feel like I got to hang on real tight because if I don't control it, then I'm going to, you know, it's going to be taken away from me or something like that. Um, I always. I always go back to we well, have yeah, he's been faithful hint then he was faithful then he was faithful mm-hmm. then he's been faithful here surely to goodness he's not going to just forsake Stop. me now yeah. like not today why today like yeah. that's just who, that's who he is it's not who i am it's who he is yeah. um and that's just been just a common thread in my life man hmm. it's and i've talked about this before but i i have a tattoo on my I have two tattoos on my chest uh, a lion and a bear uh, and the what you speak to of like he was faithful here and he was faithful here and he was faithful here why would he not be now um, is the idea behind it is I I like to draw um, and I drew up a tattoo behind the idea of the story of King David uh, before he was a king hmm. um, everyone knows in first Samuel the um, lie, like it's the most overused sports term, like the like David and Goliath. Yeah. Like, but the conversation that David had with Saul before uh, he fought Goliath uh, was because Goliath was the champion of the Philistines. He um, and the, I didn't realize that this is how they did. That maybe this was like a one off, but like it was essentially Goliath versus whoever the Israelites chose as their champion, one on one winner is. No, it wasn't like this big battle. It was mm-hmm. like one on one. And David's like, "Let me do it." And he's like, and Saul essentially said, "You're a tiny little sixteen year old boy. Um, why would I let you do this?" And his response was, "Because my whole life I've been fighting lions and bears. Wow. And my God was faithful to me then. Yeah. Why then would He not yeah. be faithful when I fight this yeah. Philistine? And it's lions and bears. Like your whole life you've been fighting lions and bears mm-hmm. and." We're all like, regardless as cheesy as it is, like we're all gonna walk into this like Goliath, <laughs> whether whether that looks like losing your dad, yeah, um, or whatever. Being a parent is a like it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's just like uh, my Goliaths have been like, oh, married, like I'm getting married. I have no clue how I'm going to do this, but like God showed up Same. and like, yeah. And like now a baby's coming and I'm like, holy crap. 
Yeah. I'm responsible for another human other than myself. Like, um, Goliath. And it's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a blessing. But like God has showed up. Yeah. Um, and I love that that, um, is a theme that you can recognize. Like it's, that is what testimony is too. Mm -hmm. Like testimony is looking back at testimony. Isn't something that is like, that's one thing I love is a lot of people are like, Oh, my testimony is like, I've had these conversations. I'm like, will you come share your testimony with me? And they're like, well, it's not done yet. Well, you never will be. Right. (laughs) It never will be. You have breath in your lungs. It's not done. It's still being testimony is, is looking back and saying, look where God was faithful here. Mm -hmm. Um, they were literally piles of rocks. I have another tattoo design that I just, I I love tattoos. I just don't have the money for tattoos. So if you want to support my tattoo fund, um, (laughs) you can go to buy me a coffee and say, get a tattoo but uh i, I endorse uh, that i endorse that <laughs> i am mitch parsons and i endorse this message um but a, like the israelites when they were going from egypt to the promised land they used to just build piles of rocks and they were called testimonies mm. and uh they would become places where people would go worship but like when they crossed the red sea they would build a big pile of rocks and an altar in yeah. an altar and they would go and worship and sacrifice and that's what a testimony is. Is like we went through this trial, and look, we're still alive. Like we're still yeah. standing. Yeah. Praise be to God. Yeah, dude. I know. There's a there's an older elevation song that's just one of my favorites. But the chorus is the song's called "I Will Look Up." Um, the chorus is "I will look up for there is none ab- um, above you. I will bow down to tell you how I need you, Jesus, Lord of all, Jesus, Lord of all." But my favorite line is, "I will look back." And see that you are faithful. Mm. I look ahead, believing you are able. Jesus, mm. Lord of all. Jesus, Lord of all. And that that line has always stuck out to me. I will look back because when you're in the middle of it, um, you don't you don't always see God. You don't always feel God. You don't always feel like you're winning. You don't always feel like you're gonna get through it. Um, that's real. But often, by the time you finally do get through that, whatever that is for you, if you can just sit down and look back, you're like, whoa, I wouldn't be here without the Lord. Yeah. It's the Lord that did it the whole time. It's Jesus that did it this whole time. Yeah. That's amazing. I'll look back and see that you were faithful. Okay, so now, next time you're going through something, and I'm talking to myself too, maybe when you see that giant, you see that mountain, you see that thing that's in front of you that feels like impossible, Instead of like going through it and then doing the, well, I'll look back and I'll see that you're faithful. How about, no, it's like look at it and say, no, but I'm going to, I'm going to look ahead, mm-hmm. believing that you're able. Like I'm going to look ahead right now and know that no matter what's coming next, I know that everything's going to be okay. It's just different, right? Yeah. Instead of looking at it from the rear, it's, it's saying, no, I'm looking at you, you know, eye to eye right here. Yeah. Before we even get started, I know that the Lord's going to bring me through this. So bring it on. Yeah, that's it's such a perspective change. I love that. Bring it on, and it's and it's it truly is like this has been a shift for me because I sat in the in the woe is me, pity me for like when I was in those circumstances far too often mm-hmm. of like 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 even if it in like you're saying like. You didn't want people to see that you were upset. You were. You yeah. just were really good at painting on a smile. And mm-hmm. uh, in those moments, it's a. It kind of makes things because to say that, oh, you're in this challenging moment. Your your dad dies. Find the joy in it. Find like right. like it's it, it's almost insulting. Like if if you were to totally. if you were to be coming back from your dad's funeral, and I'm like. 
ship her up, dude. You're, you find the joy in it. But from the person that's in it, if you could somehow find a way to be like, one day there will be a purpose to this man. Yeah. I don't know what it is, right? Like, and that's so hard to even ask. But like, if there's like a a, a grasping at like. Maybe it changes like that one percent, like a shift of one percent of like this is not manageable to like this still sucks so so bad, but like mm. this pain at some point will be put to something. Yeah, and you can't you can't say that you can't you you cannot say that until you can until you can look back at all the things you've already been through in the past and you see all the times that God has proved Himself in the past. Right. Yeah. Cause when you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, but when you do finally know, that's a huge step of faith to say that. Um, but it's a, it's a little bit easier to say that when you're like, yeah, but this time he was faithful and that time he was faithful and that time he was faithful. So I just don't think he's not going to be faithful this time. And I don't know what that looks like. And sometimes the answers are just different than, than what we hope for, what we pray for, or what we expect, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, with my dad, like one of the reasons that I was, like when he was sick, I didn't even pray that God would heal him because I was so determined and I believed so much that Jesus was going to heal him for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's go get the t-shirts that says, God's creating a miracle. Yeah. Like, here's my testimony. Let's look at the t-shirt. We're going to sell them. We're going to make a profit. We're going to, we're going to give the profit away to cancer research. This whole nine yards. Like literally that's where I was now. Yeah. I was a younger kid. Yeah. But I had that much faith Childhood that faith. that the Lord was going to do that, and I was going to get to grow old with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, that He was going to teach me how to drive a car. He was going to meet my wife and my kids and whole nine yards. And none of that happened. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Yeah. Um, and so I don't really know exactly the Lord's plan and purpose for it all. Um, I have my suspicions. I have my thoughts, but I don't know. Um, but I do know that he's been with me every step of the way. Mm. Um, and I will say to anybody that's listening, no matter what you are going through, um, the results may not turn out exactly how you think they will or how, well, even what you hope for. They might not even turn out the way you're praying right now. Um, but the one thing I am, I will take to my grave is that he will be with you every step of the way. Mm. So, And maybe that's where he shows up faithful. Mm-hmm. Like it might not be faithful in your yes or no, but like, or like healing or not, but like you weren't, he's faithful that he sat with you in it. Mm-hmm. He sat with you through guitar. Yeah. And he didn't leave me through it. My, my journey didn't end when, when my dad passed away. Yeah. Uh, it was just part of the journey. My journey didn't, didn't end when, you know, my dad's been gone for a handful of years and I graduate high school and I graduate, you know, whatever. And I get married, like my journey didn't end. It just, he's just been with me this whole time and he's connecting all these little dots. It's crazy, man. It's just, it's so crazy. Like, bro, I shouldn't be here today. I shouldn't have the wife that I have. I shouldn't have the kids that I have. I shouldn't be living this life. I shouldn't be a part of a a healthy, thriving church like Red Rocks. I definitely shouldn't be a part or have any leadership at all with a movement like Red Rocks Worship. Like, I don't deserve this. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. And um, my background would say I don't have the resume or the expertise for something like this. And I would agree with that. Um, But the reason I can sit here is because 
well, God's just been, or he's just been organizing and kind of just, he's been with me every step of the way this whole time. And so the people I meet, um, I don't know. He's just made it happen. Um, the strengths that I have, I don't know. Maybe they were, maybe they were born out of struggles that he knew I was going to have. I don't know. Um, the weaknesses that I have, which I have many, many, many of those, um, I don't know. Maybe that's what keeps me humble. Maybe that's maybe that's what keeps me like always going back to him. It's like I can't do this. I don't know. I just know that the Lord is in it with me. Hmm. And so here I am. Dang. Yeah, and I in it with you and when you were talking earlier about like, praying for your dad and uh just having that that confidence that he was just going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me of, uh, it reminded me of, so when we have one, you mentioned him earlier, but Scott um, Brugman, mm-hmm. when, when he got sick. Um, so Scott, one of our church founders yeah. was diagnosed with a brain tumor um, and it rocked our church rocked mm-hmm. all if, of us. If, all of, if you know Scott, it's man, that man, I, he is just amazing. Yeah. Um, and for me at that time in our life, I was unemployed. Uh, my wife and I were, uh, if you listen to my testimony video or not video, uh, podcast, the first one, um, I was going through it and, but it was so, it's, it's so much easier to pray for other people. Yeah. I think it's like, Especially, it's a it's a a self like worth thing for me. Where I was like, yeah, my 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 life is not so easy right now. But like, that's fine. I was pissed about Scott. Yeah, yeah. I was like, God, in what way is it like you work all things together for the good of those who love you? Like, mm-hmm. how is this good for Scott? Like, mm-hmm. how is this good for your dad who mm-hmm. has um has cancer in his mouth? Like, how is this good? This is not good. Um, and I was pissed. Uh. And it literally like got highlighted in that verse. Like he works all things together for the good of those who love him, not for the good of Scott, not for the good yeah. of Tyler, not for the good of Tyler's dad, mm-hmm. for the good of those who love him. And I was brought to this thing of like the Brugmans were standing over, like Scott has been saved. Mm-hmm. The whole Brugman family has been saved. But the nurse who was watching the family worship over him and pray over him, yeah, oh, maybe wow. maybe she hadn't, maybe yeah. he hadn't, and that's for the good of those who love him. Like yeah. you were playing worship music over your dad mm-hmm. in a school that is very. I went to I went to Vanderbilt. Like Nashville is, it's in the Bible Belt, but like Nash Vanderbilt itself is not a Christian school. Yeah, uh, when I was there, they had people constantly the FCA fellowship of Christian athletes could not be a school run organization because in the bylaws, anybody can run to, if it's a school associated program, anybody could run for president. And every year they had someone run for FCA that wanted to shut it down, who was not a believer. So they finally had to remove the, like they were called uh, who you with ministries and they met off campus. Um, And so like for you to be in a, a a hospital in that environment Mm -hmm. and just playing worship music, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it was not good for you. Like to have your dad sick was not good for your dad or your family in that moment. But like, 
to be like back wrapping it all back around to like the lions and the bears. Like he was faithful. Then he was faithful. Then he was faithful. Then like in that moment, maybe the nurse needed to, to hear a worship song. And she's like, why is this little boy able to just blind? Like what is so good about that? Mm -hmm. And I think that's cool. I think that that's a, um, it's, it, again, looking back at it, I I didn't I haven't lost my dad. I didn't lose my dad, so I can't put myself and be like, oh, that might. But like for me, like f- looking back at it twenty years later, yeah, it's like maybe your dad getting sick put five people in heaven. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that his ways are just way higher than mine. I yeah. I wrestled with that for a long time, many many years, uh, lots of counseling, trying to figure out the reason why, you know. Yeah. And I would come up with some good reasons, bro. I mean, I could connect all the dots. I was like, this is why. This was the equation. Okay, this equals that. All right, sure. And then I'm like, no, actually, I have no idea. I don't really care about all those other people. I know that sounds really terrible, but I don't care. I wish I had my dad. Um, But I would just say that the Lord is the Lord. And we get so caught up in our our lives, our day-to-day. Right. We're sitting here. We were worried. We were struggling with Starbucks today because they didn't have cold brew and they don't have hazelnut either, by the way. That's why I had to go vanilla. Okay. And that's annoying to me. Wait, they don't have hazelnut? No, because they're out. There's been a shortage forever. So I don't know what's happening in the world, but they need to get, need to figure out the, the hazelnut. Okay. Hazelnut. And, <laughs> yeah. And cold <laughs> so brew. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah but, but my point is, is that's where, that's like our, that's our day to day. Yeah. The Lord. Oh, the Lord thought up galaxies and beyond galaxies, bigger and further than we can see, think, or imagine. Hmm. I Who am I to figure out why God does certain things, why he allows certain things? I don't know. Um, it's a scary place to be, um, but also it's a really comforting place to be in many ways because it's like I don't have to know the answers. I just trust that the Lord is the Lord, and I will do everything I can. And I sound all preachy right now, and I get it, but it's You're not a pastor. Eh. It's it's okay. But but, and it's not always like easy to feel this way or to think this way. But at my core, at my core, at my root, because of what I've been through, I really believe um, the Lord is good, and He will. He's got a plan, and He's got a purpose for every single thing. He doesn't waste a moment. And the dots that I don't see, he's connecting. Mm-hmm. And the dots that I do see that aren't connected yet, I don't know. So I'm not gonna try I'm not gonna try to reach for them or grab for them or I'm not gonna try to take his job into my own hands and connect the dots. I'm just gonna I'm gonna really try hard to just trust that he will t- take care of it and he will be faithful. And I'm gonna do the next right thing. Um, and that is stay real close to him and and just see what happens. <laughs> Let him be God. I'll just be the, I'll just be like the dust the, that he breathed life into. Hmm. That's it. So, um, whoops, sorry. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, that's my story in a nutshell. And I'll say this, you know, I'm trying to teach that to, uh, my kids. I'm trying to teach that 
I'm trying to be an example of that for my wife. I'm trying to be an example of that for my team and for our church. And some days it's easier than others. It's always easier when you feel great and you're on cloud nine. Um, it's not always easy when you're insecure and you're in your own feelings and you're in, and you're in your own way, which I get there often. Um, so, but regardless, like I said, at my core, man, I just know, and I will take it to my grave. Um, there's many things I don't know, but I do know that God is good, and I do know that He is faithful, and I do know that He, He at His core is loving, and He's kind, and He's generous. And so um, there's a lot of bad stuff that's happening and hap- has happened that I can't put my finger on or figure out, but I just know that He's still good. And he's still God, and he's still huge, and he's still faithful. Yeah, still faithful. I, I have a question. Uh, how has, how has living or how has losing your dad um, at the age that you did? shifted or influenced the way that you are a husband and the way that you are a father? Yeah, great question. It definitely has. Uh, one, I don't know what I'm doing because he wasn't around for most, you know, he's he's around for like 13 years um, for me. But so there's a little bit of that, like uh deer in the headlight look, like I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but some things just aren't as important anymore. Like, I don't know, just little things that maybe we would have fought over in the past. Me and Whitney is like, what are we fighting about this for? Like, it just doesn't matter. Um, you kind of, when you lose someone that you love and that you're close to, it it kind of brings, it makes the picture clear on what is important and what is not, right? Some things are worth fighting for and some things are just not. It's not that big a deal. So that's been really helpful. Also, just being there with my kids and being present, like, uh, I don't have a ton of memories, probably a lot of which I blocked out, but I just don't have a ton of memories with my dad, to be really honest. And that, that bothers me, and especially now in the day and age of like Instagram and Facebook and picture this, picture that, picture this, picture this. Mm-hmm. I don't have very many of those. I have a handful maybe. Um, and so I, I just want to create um, an environment for my kids where they know that I'm there, that I'm proud of them, that I love them. They can come to me with anything. So, you know, we are together a lot, a lot. Uh, that's why I'm helping coach football. Like, that's just that's just the thing. And I think just making family number one. And then lastly, one of our one of the things that Whitney and I do, and she does a better job of, but I get really on board with because of all this, is um, just creating memories together. Like, we we could buy our kids toys every day of the week great. They love that. And our house will be flooded with a bunch of crap, which it is. But what they will not remember those toys. They will not remember that I bought them that toy. They just won't. It's a, it's a something that just kind of comes and goes. Um, but when we do experiences, they, they will remember those forever. Um, and it doesn't have to be Disney World. Yes, that's great. But it could be going to the park and playing football together. It could be whatever. But so we really try hard to... Um, to major on experiences at our house. Um, reason is because those are memories that you always have. They help shape you for sure. But no matter what happens to me or Whitney or whatever, like, hey, our kids are going to have lots and lots of memories. Hmm. That's really cool. And that's that's good for me to hear 
going into, because Jess and I even actually talked about this last night because we're going to have a baby on Christmas. And I'm like, hey, yo. I'm like, what are we doing for, are we going to get her presents? Because like, she's, she's going to be pooping and peeing okay, and screaming. Bro, like, don't buy her presents. No, no we landed on, you, we, we Buy diapers. Yeah. <laughs> you buy what you need to yeah. survive. <laughs> we, la- we landed on, we're like, I think for the first, because she'll be just over a year next Christmas. And I'm like, I think that we don't buy gifts until she's maybe two and she knows that she's getting gifts. I'm like, until then, I think we might go on a trip and just bring her. You do, with, it, do whatever you want. But now it's like all about pictures and pictures and necessities. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that. I love that. Because now I'm like, okay, well, I'm hearing you say that. It's even like, it would be cool to down the road, we do like one gift to open on Christmas, but then we're going on a trip as a family. Yeah. And and throughout the year, like you're going to get your toys because you go to Target and you have puppy dog eyes. And my wife can't go to Target and not spend money. I love you. Um, but I need uh, to go with her. (laughs) Yes. We go, we go to Target and we'll go in for like, we need butter. And for some reason, we end up walking through every part of the store that could cost us money to get to butter. And 20 minutes later, we're, we're still not to butter. I'm like, hey, we, we had one thing. Bro, you need to do that curbside. That's all I got for you. Order online and go pick it up. Uh, I, I, but I'm, I'm equally as bad on Amazon. I'm just more lazy. I'm like, have it here tomorrow? Cool. Sweet. Um, okay, so... Back to focused. Um, I'm not good at focused. Uh, if you could go back to, because you talked about, and I'd, I'd be curious to hear more about, you became the man of the house real quick. Mm. Um, did you have siblings? Did yeah, siblings? I have a younger sister. Okay, so you had mm. uh, your mom, and I could, instantly, as you say that, I'm like, I resonate. I have a little sister. Mm. I'm like, I, if I would lose my dad, Ooh, that would be so. How did how did that affect your relationship? Because I could see you going from, or I could see and tell me if it's this. Mine would I could see this tension of like me going from big brother to now even more so of a protect. Like I'm take like like that tension of you're not you're not my dad. You're not my mm-hmm. like you are my brother. Let me. Mm-hmm. My sister already pushed back on like leave me alone. Stop yeah. being. Um, and that was with my dad in the picture. Um, how did that affect the dynamics of your family? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, quite frankly, it, it got weird for a minute because my my sister was really close to my dad, you know, and I was close to him. He's my dad, but I was always a mama's boy. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it affected her in ways that maybe it didn't even affect me, um, the loss of him. And so I think that that was something that we had to, try to hurdle for a long time. Um, and then I definitely took on this approach of like, I got to grow up fast and now I got to be an adult in this whole thing, you know, and it just, it put a strain and a stress on our sibling relationship that didn't need to be there. Um, me and my sister, Tessa. Um, and so I would say probably for a solid, like, decade to be really honest it was a real real rocky relationship didn't have a whole lot to do with each other um i would try but she didn't want it um i didn't understand what she was doing because she was she was doing her own thing you know and i don't know i was probably trying to be controlling i was probably overstepping 
because of what I thought I had to do, you know? Um, and so it wasn't really until she started having kids and I started having kids. Uh, I think we kind of like leveled, uh, and we're like, okay, <laughs> clearly we're both in a similar boat here. We, neither of us have any idea what we're doing, raising kids. So let's just like, let's major on that. Let's major on what we have in common. Let's major on like, Hey, we're parents and we're trying to do our best and you know? Yeah. Um, so I've had a lot of reconciliation and it's been really great, but that was a real, that was a real hard time. It was a hard time for her as an individual. And then I probably didn't make it any better by feeling this need to, um, be the man of the house or be overprotective, be controlling, tell her what she should do, what she shouldn't do. I was literally three years older than her, you yeah. know, like I didn't know either, yeah. but I just felt this inherent, uh, not even authority, but pressure to, um, to call the shots. <laughs> and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> no. Um, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could go back to, uh, so you said you were 12, right? When, when he got sick. Yeah. When he so got 12 when he got sick. So it was about 14 when, when he, he passed. When he passed. Yeah. So if you could go back to, Actually, I don't even want to put. I don't even want to put a time on it. So, if you could go back to a cross point in your life, mm. uh, whether that be at twelve before he's diagnosed, at fourteen before he passes away, at fifteen when you are now the man of the house, um, or I guess you would have been fourteen mm-hmm. when you became the man of the house. Um, what's one thing it could be to say? It could be to do. I've had people say like, "Oh, I'd give myself a hug," um, and then punch myself in the face, mm. like, um, but like. If you could go back and just have a, a, a sit down heart to heart with Tyler at blank age, mm. what would that be? And what would, how would that look? Mm. It's a great question. I have a lot of uh, moments over the course of my life. I'm like, I wish I could have done that differently. Um, you can speak to any of them and all of them if you want. No, I think I'll keep it real succinct and say, which is hard because you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. especially when you're young. So, don't put a pressure on anybody. That's not what I'm trying to do here. But when I was younger, you know, I think, um, especially before he got sick, I just would have like spent more time that that's the crossroads. I just would have spent more time. Um, I would have listened better. I would have hung out with him more. I would have looked to find ways to hang out with my dad and be around him more and more and more. Um, and not so that he could give me something, but so that I could just be around him. Those are things that you don't know when you're that age. I definitely didn't know it. But now having my own kids, I'm like, oh, I just want those memories with them. And I want them to have memories with me. And I don't have a lot of those memories with my dad. I really don't. Um, And that's something that it's a regret that I have that I can't, I'll never be able to just get, you know? Um, So my my challenge to anyone that's listening is maybe they're not a, an 11 year old snot nosed uh, brat waiting for the new PlayStation. Like, like I was, um, maybe they're 22. I don't know. Um, dude, make memories with your folks, make memories with your family. Family is, uh, something that we always say you can't live with them, but you can't live without them. They're the best thing you have. Um, even when they're very difficult sometimes, but 
fight hard for relationships, I think is what I would say. Fight hard for relationships and and make memories with the relationships, the people that are really important to you. Mm. Um, it could be parents, it could be siblings, it could be could be friends, it could be whomever, I don't know. But the people that are important to you in your life, make memories with them. Um, you don't have to buy them things, but just be around them and mm. and be present. Be present with them because, um, I don't know, nobody likes talking this way, but like you just don't know what tomorrow brings. Mm. You don't know what this afternoon brings. Um, that's a very morbid thought, but it's reality. And so, dude... Carpe diem. Make the most of the day, though. For real. Seize the day and be present with the people that you love the most. Because at the end of the day, when they're gone or you're gone, those memories, those moments that you got to share, like, dude, they they last forever. Hmm. I love that. And and it's it's a if you pay attention to your answers over the course of this, it's always memories. Make memories. So like I, I love that. It's it literally like ministering to me through that. Um, thank you. Yeah, uh, the next thing I told you, I had two questions. I lied. I just found a third. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna in, we're gonna go in between the two questions. The second one. So you had mentioned back a little while ago about how in becoming the man of the family. Uh, you had to put on a smile. You had to be okay. You had to be strong. You mm. had to be happy all the time. But then you've also mm. mentioned a little bit later that you, you've you gone to counseling now. And mm. could you speak to uh, – because I feel like a lot of men, people, uh, when they experience a trauma, they go to that first one of be tough, be a man, be strong, mm. be – not or just – Put, hold it together for your family. And that can be really damaging down the road. Yeah. Um, and stuff that you're unpacking now in counseling. Could you even just speak to the importance of counseling that in, in the, in the processing of um, the losing of your dad or the loss of your dad? Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe need a different drink than a coffee here, but um <laughs> no, I think, uh, you know, gosh, you got to take me back there. But I remember, I remember standing in my dad's casket and literally with my hands in my pocket, everybody's boohooing around me. And I just decided I gritted my teeth and I was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to lead through this. People are going to tell me how strong I am. I'm a leader, blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm-hmm. I can I can vividly remember it all, um, even down to the the puka shell necklace I was wearing at the time. Um, that's that's something that I fight the urge to do for everything. And what it is, it's not about me not crying. It's about me downplaying everything. It's downplaying big emotions, downplaying. I do it even when I get excited about something. I'll downplay it. Um, because it feels more comfortable to be like, yeah, but you know, it's not that big a deal. Or when something bad happens, like, you know, oh yeah, but we're going to be fine. It's not that big a deal. Like everything goes back to that. It, we're going to be fine, you know, whatever. Um, what I've learned through 
counseling and lots of years and lots of uh, exercise doing this mm-hmm. um, is that I still suck at it, number one. But number two, big emotions are okay. It's the same thing I tell my kids. Big emotions are just fine. To be sad is just fine. It's an emotion. To be excited is also just fine. It's an emotion. Big emotions are fine. It's just what do you do with them, right? Mm-hmm. Put them in the right place. It's okay. It's okay to grieve. There's a season for everything that you need. You need when you go through trauma, when you go through disappointment, you need to grieve. If you try to be labor, or sorry, if you try to delay the grieving, then all you're doing is actually belaboring the whole process mm. because you're going to grieve at some point. You're just going to. So it's better to just, you know, put it in its rightful place, do it with the people you love, take your time, be present, but just do it. Just allow yourself to feel, mm. allow yourself to exhale, allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to be excited. And when you, when you achieve something, great, enjoy it, enjoy it. Um, I have always felt like I can't do either of those things because if I enjoy it too much, then there's a pride issue and I don't know, I look like a child. I just get too excited. (laughs) And then if, uh, if it's super sad, but I let myself go there, then I'm also a child and I can't handle my emotions and I'm not strong. You know, these are the feelings. These are the temptations, the insecurities that we face or I face anyways. And so then what happens is I put my head down and I work really hard day in, day out. And whether it's a win or a loss, I try to give you the same thing. And that's just not a, that's just a sucky place to be. You never enjoy anything. You never enjoy anything. Um, and then you also just stuff all of your emotions and all of your sorrows down too. Um, so I'm rambling, but what I would just say is big emotions are okay. Let them happen and let it be okay. Like take the pressure off yourself not to be so strong because I think, and again, I suck at this, but I think some of the strongest people in my life, mentors of mine that I've looked up to for a long time, people that I, I try real hard to study and follow even now, they are really great at just being really real and letting their hair down, so to speak, and like being okay with that. Like it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be happy. It's okay. Just there's like a season for each thing and there's a place for each moment. Um, so just let it be and then be confident in that because you don't have to stay in it, whether it's, you know, either way, uh, good or bad, you don't have to stay in it. It's just, but you do have to like, let it be. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. I am not good at that either. I'm very good at the maintain the pretty face. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone told me once David, um, felt all the emotions. If you look at Psalms, he, mm. like emotions are from God and like, he doesn't just speak to you in the happy. He speaks to you in the sad. Yeah. Um, and if you're, if you're muting those or avoiding them, then you're missing an opportunity for the Lord to speak to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you kind of 
this could be an answer for the next question, what you what you just spoke into. Um, so if it is, say, please refer to... Uh, <laughs> question two. Question two. Uh, but... Um, so you went through a storm. We all go through storms. Yours is your storm. Mm-hmm. It's your, uh, your testimony. But uh, I know, matter of factly, that there are men out there who, who or people, I keep saying men, because this podcast is f- originally at birth out of m- speaking to men, but I'm not going to put a governor on what it can speak to. So yeah. um, whoever you are listening, I know that there are there is somebody out there who has lost a parent mm-hmm. or who has lost a, a loved one. Uh, and you walked through the eye of the storm because you didn't have anybody to be like, Hey, um, in this chance, maybe go this way and you'll avoid, you're not going to avoid all of it. Like you can't avoid all of it, but there are some like really crappy things that maybe, maybe there was a split in the road. And when you went right, you would, you would experience the real crappy because of a choice that you made or, Mm a mindset that you had or so if you could say one thing to somebody who just lost their parents, Mm. um, because I have to imagine that the initial, like I think of an earthquake, the initial like epicenter of the earthquake is the losing of your parent. Like that Mm -hmm. is the most rocking, but then there's like the waves of like you see tsunamis and like, uh, maybe that's it. Like, how do you prepare most for the tsunamis that are caused by mm. the earthquake? Yeah, wow. Bro, that's a great question. Um, hmm. Sorry, I'm, I just want to give a good answer and I'm no. trying to think through it. I mean, I think that you. I think that one, you need to know that it's okay, whatever that is, the earthquake and the quote unquote tsunami. So if you've lost a loved one, it's going to be okay. I'm sorry, um, but it is going to be okay. And if you, and then whatever comes after that because of the loss of a loved one, I would say also you're going to be okay. Um, my, where I went right or when I, where I went left and I wish I would have gone the other way is I thought I had to put on that face for everybody. I thought that I had to be strong, be courageous, be a leader. I thought that I had to know scripture left and right and be able to quote it. So people thought, wow, that guy, he's got it together. I'm just saying you don't have to do that. In fact, I would tell you to go the opposite way. And that is run to God, run to Jesus um, for sure. But let that be your strength, not you trying to have the answers, not you trying to know what to say next, not you trying to look the part. Actually, the best would be is just to be really real and authentic to manage those big emotions that you're having. Um, and just say, I'm trusting the Lord and let people help you and let that be enough. Because you don't, I don't know what that's, I don't know what that next thing is, right? I don't, I don't know what it, it could be a, a gazillion different things. But really, any trial in life, 
you know, I always have this fear that I'm going to eat my words, right? Like, like something bad's going to happen to me or someone in, in my household and I'm going to have to eat these words. And so I swear, I pray to God, I never have to, but if I do, you know, you can hear it in my voice. Like, I don't know, but this is what I'm clinging to. I'm, I'm running to Jesus. I'm running to Jesus. I'm not going to try to have all the answers again. So whoever you are, don't try to have all the answers. You don't need the answers. You don't need to, you don't owe anything to anyone. You just need to run to Jesus. Let Jesus be faithful. Let Jesus do what he does. He's the comforter. He is the defender. He is the, the one who um, says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. I will give you strength. He is the one. He's the one. I don't know how all this works. I just know that he's the one. And I know it works because I've experienced it. I've had moments in my life where I didn't experience it. And it wasn't because I, he wasn't there. It's because I was hanging on so tight to all the things that I could control and trying so hard to craft this image or keep up this image that I thought everybody had of me. Um, and so, but none of that was real. It's all phony and it gets you nothing except for heartache and a lot of sleepless nights. So when you can just like relax and open your hands, um, and say, I don't know, but I trust the Lord. Mm. I don't have to be anything for anybody. I trust the Lord. Um, I think that's where you will find peace. You will find comfort and you will see his faithfulness at work. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's, I feel like that's one of those things that unless you, like I, unless you have walked through it, mm. there loss is one of those things that, you don't know what how it feels until you feel it. Mm-hmm. I, like I can, I'm, I am listening to you talk, and I'm, I'm like, there's no way that you can say that unless you felt it. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't sit here and be like, this is what happens if you lose your dad. Yeah. This is how you feel it because I haven't lost my dad. Like I don't know, and it takes, and it takes courage and bravery so thank you to like revisit those uh, I think we try so hard as people to allow scars to heal mm-hmm. actually I take that back I think that once they heal we're just like we don't want to go back to them but like we're really good at ripping like not letting them heal and like going it's like you take two st- roads you either let it heal or you keep ripping the scab off and you mm-hmm. keep revisiting it and I don't know why we choose to do that as humans, but like once it's healed, you don't have to really, it doesn't, you don't have to think about it mm-hmm. unless you go back to it. Um, which I think would maybe be ripping off the scab. Um, so thank you for going back to those yeah, painful man. moments. Um, because in that, I believe firmly that loss is, I think loss is something that is, it is innate in like human experience. Like it is, whether you like it or not at some point in your life, unless, I mean, I don't want, unless God willing you go through your whole life. I've been so blessed that I have both my grandparents or all four of my grandparents, Love both, that. both of my parents. I've, I've never, I had a dog die <laughs> and like didn't have to go to a lot of funerals growing up. Uh, and part of me, the cynical part of me is like, well, better prepare for a season of, here it sure. comes, you know what I mean? Like, kind of like you're like, I don't even, I don't even want to yeah. speak that because, like, um, it makes me nervous. But like, 
you speaking to it and being willing to speak to it, there are, I would be willing to bet a higher percentage of people in your shoes than in mine. Mm. Um, and so it might not be their dad. It could be their grandma or their yeah. grandpa. Yeah. But loss is loss is loss. And I'm, no one is to say that your loss is more or less than sure. someone else's. And so thank you for speaking to it because, um, I don't know. I think God, like we talked about, like God has a way of putting purpose to pain and someone is going to repurpose your story mm. to like your chapters are already, it's, it's funny. Cause like your chapters are that chapter of your life has been written. Yeah. Uh, but how how do you get better? How do you get smarter? You go back and study history. Like you go back and study things that have happened. And so somebody is now writing that story, their, their, that chapter of their yeah. life. But because you were went back and reread yours, they're like, mm. oh, I can do this differently. Yeah. And I think that's super cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And I mean, and I, that's, it puts purpose to it, you know, and I'm, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to share and hope that it will help someone. Cause I'm, again, I was super young, but, um, but even growing up, you know, in 16, 18, whatever, still just all those life events that you would hope that you'd have your, both your parents for, I didn't have them. And so I didn't know what to do. I wish that I would have had someone to tell me like, okay, well, here's what, you shouldn't do. And here's what you should try. And maybe just think of this, you know, but I, I didn't, I didn't have anybody. And so, um, so I hope that this can be that for somebody. Um, and truth is I'm not a counselor. I don't have the answers. And so I'm like, I don't know, this might be terrible, but, but hopefully it'll help someone. And I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, yeah. to do so. Yeah. So natural segue. Um, if you are somebody walking through something, anything, it doesn't have to be lost. It could be here two grown men, <laughs> um, imperfect men, uh, flawed, broken men talking about the important, like, let me tell you how important it is to talk to somebody, uh, whether that be your wife, whether that be your best friend, uh, whether that be a counselor. I sought counseling for the first time this year and it's changed my life. Hmm. Um, and that was humbling. I had to admit that I couldn't do it on my own, um, which in reality, if you think that you can, you can't. Uh, I don't care how strong you Dude, are. so true. Um, you can't do this life alone, no matter what the world says. Like the world might say, hey, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, tuck your shirt in, wipe the mud off your your, your whatever. I don't even yeah, – you, you insert the, the saying, but like, dude, you can't do it by yourself. So mm-hmm. – um, Tyler, thank you for coming on here. Uh, Thank you for sharing your testimony, for being vulnerable, for, man, I just pray that like these conversations take the shackles off of people's feet that Mm. they've been walking or trying to walk in uh, for the longest time. Uh, I would encourage you to be bold if you're listening to this and you know somebody who, who could use this, A, share it with them, or you don't even have to share the podcast because I don't care. Um, maybe you go and talk to your yeah. friend and say, Hey, I know that you're going through it because for a lot of people, they're not going to ask for help, but they'll talk if you talk to them. Mm-hmm. So go be a friend, uh, go be a friend and don't let your pride get in the way of being healing comes, uh, healing comes to 
I think those who are humble enough to allow the Lord to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because then you'll have scar tissue and I have uh, an AC joint that is proof that I didn't let heal. Um, and I still cannot lift certain weights because mm. I did not allow the scars in my shoulder to heal the right way. And that's a silly thing. But if you allow the Lord to get into those wounds, um, you might not have scar tissue. You won't have scar tissue and you'll have, you'll become fully functional again, <laughs> um, to put sports into it. But, yeah. um, thank you for listening. Uh, until next time, th- Tyler, thank you. Yeah, um, love you, dude. Back at you, bro. Peace. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Over a Drink Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Over a Drink Podcast and on Twitter at over underscore a underscore drink. Reach out and send me a message. I'd also like to encourage you to visit our website at theoveradrinkpodcast.com and sign up for our email newsletter. We're working on weaponizing testimonies here on this podcast, and that isn't exclusive to those who are on the podcast. I'd love for you to send me an email at overadrinkpodcast at gmail.com with a written version of your testimony. I'll put it together in a blog format, and then we send it out to everybody on that email list. And in an instant, your testimony will become a weapon. You never know what God is teaching you in your story that may affect somebody else's story. Finally, I want to invite you to join me in supporting this project. There will be a link in the episode notes to a platform called Buy Me a Coffee that will allow you to partner financially with the Over a Drink podcast on a monthly or one-time basis to help move the mission forward of reconfiguring societal norms of what a man should be. Keep an eye out for our next episode. Peace.